Uh, God is good. Amen. Amen. I'm just so thankful for the goodness of the Lord. And uh, just uh, it's uh, just a, a wonderful life living for the Lord. And that's kind of been my theme the last few weeks. But I, I stand on that. It's uh, something I truly believe. And I'll just say that just to say it uh, because we're supposed to be happy. But I say that because I am happy living for the Lord and all the peace and the joy. It doesn't mean that we don't have trials and tribulations. In fact, uh, one thing I, I've been trying to understand is that it's almost like the uh, Christian has sometimes more trials uh, than the world does. And, uh, you know, it's almost like the, the, the enemy does his best to keep us from the, the, just the, the satisfaction of this life and where we have more, more of a, a turmoil or more things that happen sometimes in our lives. And it, yes, it rains on the just and the unjust, but I think that our, the, the thing is with the church is that God can use that for his good. And, uh, and even some trials perhaps God allows in a Christian's life uh, that he may you know, not see necessary in somebody that's not in the, in the church. So, uh, but the main thing is to be faithful to him. Just know that tomorrow the sun's gonna rise again and uh, we'll try it again tomorrow. Amen. And uh, God is so good. Every day he's good and he's faithful. Uh, last week I ended the lesson, and I'm going to be looking at James chapter 3 and verse number 5 tonight uh, as my text. But I, I ended with the word of God, how powerful uh, God's word is. Whenever we do battle with the enemy, the word is, is vital. It is so important that we have the stability and the uh, sovereignty of God's word to where we can fight the battle. And that much needed authority that we have in God's word is what makes all of this right. It means that what we're doing here, what we're doing tomorrow, what we're doing in living for God, what we do as a church, it's validated by God's word. And so we know that it's not just a bunch of people making up a bunch of rules and trying to, you know, uh, live together and uh, under the guise of living for a, a, a God out there somewhere. But we really do have a roadmap and the Word of God that is alive. It's not a, uh, you know, the Dead Sea Scrolls. I really don't like that name when it refers to the Word of God because it just sounds like it's uh, the dead in the past and it's ancient, no longer relevant. But the Word of God is alive and it is well. Amen. And what brings the life to it, though, is the Spirit. When the Holy Ghost begins to move upon us when we're reading the Word of God or we're speaking the Word of God, that's what gives it the life, is the Spirit of God that's alive in us. But I want to go a little bit different tonight. Uh, I want to speak about our words, the words that we speak as individuals. And I, I especially, and I, you know, I'm not going to be hitting everybody tonight with this, but perhaps one day or or maybe you can uh, uh, apply this in the lives of other children. But I, I want to focus on how uh, we speak to our children. I want to talk about our words that we have as individuals, how powerful they are. But I, I want to I focus a little bit more on how we speak uh, to others, especially uh, children, our children. And so no matter how old you get, uh, there is a need to have an uh, affirmation and a positive word spoken uh, by your parents. It's very, it's vital. It's, it's a needed, uh, needed thing. And if, you know, somebody didn't have that in their life, it's, it's uh, something that maybe uh, they, they uh, long for. Uh, perhaps it's something they, they would want. And I'm going to deal with that a little bit later uh, in the lesson. But uh, there's that approval. It's that unconditional love. It's knowing 
that, you know, and I'm talking to parents here that are in the church. I don't know about your past. I, you know, if you didn't have that, I, I'm very sorry that you didn't have that. But from right now on is what I'm teaching. I'm, I'm teaching the church of the living God that we know this is our responsibility, uh, that how we're supposed to act, the way we're supposed to be with our uh, children uh, uh, that we, we have in our, in our homes. Uh, we've heard that the line, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Uh, you know, we've heard that on the playground, or we've heard it be said uh, that it might have been said on a playground. I've never really heard that on the playground, but I've heard the saying anyway, and that is totally untrue, isn't it? We know that words do hurt, and they can bring emotions and, and things that was said uh, years ago, uh, you know, that might pop in your mind at a, a moment's time that you forgot about even, or you thought you forgot about. It can still bring uh, that emotion, and it can still bring that hurt. So uh, don't tell me that words are not important. You know, don't say that, you know, I'm more afraid of, of what you do to me. I, I, I'd rather somebody do, you know, things to me physically than some of the words that can come out of a mouth. Amen? So they could be very, very powerful. Uh, let's look at James chapter 3 and verse number 5. We're going to start with this as our text tonight. It says, even so, this verse number 5, even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. You talk about something powerful. I mean, that is a, that's a powerful description of the tongue or the words that come forth out of somebody's mouth. So we can, we, we can profine, profoundly influence the direction of our children by the words that we say to them. The words that we speak to them is how that we can, I mean, instill uh, blessings or we can instill things that, you know, could hamper them and cause them not to be able to be everything that God would call them to be. So husbands and wives set the course for family of what is spoken in the home. I believe they take that and they can use it uh, to, you know, set a course of success of longevity, of, of peace, and, and just knowing uh, that they have the security of, of a great God. I mean, if they hear that from their loving parents, parents that, that care for them, that, that love them more than anybody else in the world, you better believe that's powerful because they know that for a mom and dad to speak words of affirmation or words about God, then they know there's nobody that loves me any more than mom and dad. And if they say it, then that means it must really work. So whenever we speak these words, uh, 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 you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to do a great work. Negative words can produce negative, uh, cynical, uh, negative and cynical uh, kids. Positive words can produce purpose-driven uh, kids that have purpose in their life, and they, they know which direction they are headed. I was thinking about this today. I was kind of reviewing uh, the lesson, uh, sitting on the couch, just kind of reading over the lesson. I, I, I remember, like it was yesterday, when my wife and I got married uh, at uh, in Michigan at Fact Church, uh, Faith Apostolic Church of uh, Troy. And I remember the best part of that wedding, uh, not she looked beautiful, that was the best part, but the second best of that uh, was when my mom and dad and her mom and dad came up and prayed over us. And, I, you know, that affirmation, those words that were being spoken, nobody in the world loved us any more than our parents. Number two, there was no four people, two moms and two dads, that, that wanted the best for us, that were rooting for us, that were behind us. There was nobody in the world that was cheering us on like our moms and dads. 
And so those words, I, I, I just remember, I, you know, it took me years to watch the video. I finally watched and really enjoyed it, in fact. But I remember watching as they came up, and I felt that same emotion and uh, that, that gratitude of knowing that those words were being spoken over our lives. You that are parents, I'm telling you, there's nothing greater that you can do for your kids than to give them words of affirmation and to believe in them and to be positive with their, their lives. Uh, I love this quote. This is, uh, 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 it says, the blessing of the father builds houses for son the sons. The blessing of the mother fills them with good things. So that blessing means a lot, both for the, the moms and the dads. Uh, business owner, boss, it doesn't matter. The direction that you uh, give your, your employees, the people that work for you, is going to be according to the words that you speak to them. If you speak negative words, and we know this in the workplace, if we've got somebody that's negative and, and always on us and they don't believe in us, then guess what? We're probably going to fail, and it's going to be like a, almost a self-fulfilling prophecy that's going to take place because we know that those words are not words of, of affirmation. There's not really words of belief. But yet, when you have somebody that believes in you, even though you're you know, a little shaky and you don't know if you can really even do the job, but you got somebody, you have somebody that really believes in you, then, then that gives you the, the confidence and the, the blessing, if you will, to be able to accomplish uh, what you need to uh, have, have accomplished. With our words, we have the ability to uh, help mold and to shape the future of anyone that we have influence over. And I think that everybody here has influence over someone. There's somebody in your life that looks at you and says, you know what, I believe in what you say. And the words that you speak, they mean something to me. Amen? I don't care whether it's a, a child, a peer, a brother, sister, a friend, co-worker. There's somebody that respects you enough to where when you say something, you're going you're gonna to listen and you're gonna, you're gonna, or they're going to listen to you, and they're going to they're gonna understand that what you say has some meaning with it. So all of us have influence over someone. Now, a well-meaning parent, and this is where we have to be careful with teenagers, uh, we can be frustrated sometimes, amen? And they can, you know, they can push us to the limit. We have to be very careful at those times. You know, it's one thing to be angry and to get on to them for something that they've done, but to to almost say that, you know, you'll never amount to anything or you'll, you know, you did this and because of that, this is what's going to happen to you for the rest of your life. That's where we have to be very careful that we don't speak words into their lives that, okay, they're, they're not perfect. They, they did make a mistake. But to use fear or intimidation or manipulation to try to get them to, you know, be better to meet the, the goal, whatever that goal might be is not the way we need to handle it. Those words need to still be, of course, we're going to get on to them. Of course, we're going to uh, maybe scold them at times, but the words that we speak have a lot of meaning. Uh, those kind of words can destroy a person quicker uh, than anything. Now, you cannot speak negative words and then expect a child to be blessed. All right? Now, I'm talking about in their lives, you know, negative words of, of just completely uh, not believing in them, not, not allowing that that uh, a faith in, you know, their potential, at least, uh, to, to go forward in their life. Uh, this is what I, I really believe, uh, and I'm not talking about flattery. I'm not talking about coming up with something and making up a, you know, a lie to make your, your kid feel good. I, I don't believe in that either. I think that it ought to be something legitimate that you can find in them, and you can pull out that strength, and then you start focusing on that area. 
And whenever you see that good trait, whatever it might be, and there's probably a lot of them you could pull out, but something that you know whenever they do it, and they, they know they do it well. You know, there's some things that our, our kids do that, you know, they, you know they're kind of have a lot of trepidation with, and they're kind of fearful to, to do it. But then there's other things that they do, and you, it's almost like they're in their element. You know, and that as parents is what we've got to spot. We have to know their bent. We have to know their personality and spot it and be able to say, you know what? Uh, I, I see this in you. This is what I believe is going on in your life. And if you allow that to be developed, then God can do wonderful things in you because I believe in you because you did this. And then you can come up with some things and reasons why uh, you believe in them. We want our kids to go on uh, to blessings. If we want them to go on to these blessings, we need to speak these blessings into their life. Um, the Bible reminds us uh, that our words that, that, we, that we use, the word of God that we just read, can either bless or it can curse. That's powerful. You know, uh, fire has many advantages, and we could name them all, you know, keeping warm and purifying and uh, uh, sitting around a campfire in the, in the fall time. I mean, it's got a lot of advantages, but fire can also destroy. And that was what James is saying here. Those words can either lift up, and they can do wonderful things and, and bring such comfort and, 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 and uh, just uh, blessings to somebody's life, but they can also destroy and as, as parents, we have the responsibility. And if you're not a parent, uh, you have responsibility to others, whether it be a, other children uh, that, that are children in the church or to, in your life or other adults, peers in your life, to also speak those kind of words that are positive uh, in their life. Now, today, as in centuries past, Orthodox Jews, this is very interesting. I began to look at this a little more in depth. And it's very interesting on how the Hebrews went about blessing their children. And this is something they didn't just do one time, uh, you know, one time a year. They didn't do it, you know, every uh, number of years or even number of months. But in many Orthodox homes, uh, I read that it was a weekly blessing that was given by the father to the children. That's pretty powerful. It's very powerful, in fact. Because they took the time. They weren't so busy. They weren't pushing off their, their kids or they don't push off their kids. It's important. What they're, what they're handing down, they want to preserve their orthodoxy. It means a lot to them. Well, I'll, I'll be honest with you. It means a lot to me, too. Passing down this, what we have in the apostolic faith, means the world to me. Amen? And I mean that. I say that with conviction. I, you know, I'm apostolic because not only was I born in it, but I believe in it. And so the only way that my kids are going to continue in it, uh, you know, no, we're not guaranteed. You can do everything you can, and you're still not guaranteed for sure that they're going to follow in that way or that path. But, but I'm going to do everything I can anyway, amen, to make sure that they remain in the, in the truth. All right. So so that's I believe in it, too, just as the Orthodox Jews do. And they would take that time and they were making sure that they had the uh, the ability to give blessings to them eyeball to eyeball. They looked at them. They wanted them to know I've got time for you. I'm looking at you right now. I want you to know that you are going to be blessed because I'm giving you that blessing. God's given you that blessing, but he's using me to speak those words into your life. So with ceremonial candles lit. Uh, the time of blessing would begin. And this type of blessing 
has been very important for the Jews from the very beginning of the, of the Jewish nation. For generations and generations, these children have been blessed by this. I like what Gary Smalley uh, said, and th- this is a book that I read by him. Anybody, uh, this, I'm going back a number of years, The Blessing. How many have read that? All right, Sister Chastine, we're together. I think just Sister Chastine and I. Gary Chapman, he is one of the best family counselors there was. I believe he's still around, actually. He's still writing. Uh, but he was a, a very big uh, in, in family, and he wrote an incredible book. I probably still have it. I, in fact, I know I still have it on one of my shelves either here at home. But it was called The Blessing, and what an incredible book it was. I read it when I, I was at Gateway, and it just meant a lot to me uh, reading that and brought a lot of uh, insight into that of blessing for a parent to bless their, their children. But this is what he said. He said, the family blessing is considered an important vehicle for communicating a sense of identity, meaning, love, and acceptance. So don't tell me that doesn't mean something when you bless your children. It means everything to them. It means everything. So uh, I also believe that the, the source of, a, uh, uh, of this blessing also provides protection where you are protecting them. Because your words that are being spoken over them gives them that security and that spiritual protection or that umbrella of authority that is over them to be uh, uh, very protective in their time of need. All across the world, this, I believe, that is happening. We have to be very, I think we can understand this. This is where sometimes that uh, people that have a lot of needs or they did not receive the blessings from parents, um, is, it's, it's vital. It's very important. And I, and I want to talk about a little bit on the other side on what can happen even after you get uh, the blessings, you know, or you, maybe you did not get the blessings from your parents, but, but that's okay because God can pr- take care of all that. He can provide everything you have need of. But at the same time, I, I believe that there are cults that are out there that offer a counterfeit blessing to, to our children. In fact, it's those that maybe are vulnerable and those that are looking for some. Maybe, maybe they didn't get a blessing uh, or they didn't have the acceptance of their parents. And so they're always looking for something. They're always looking to be a part of something. And so cults and gang members, you better believe that's who they look for, Brother Brian, more than anything. They look for somebody that is desperate or somebody that maybe is looking for a security or a family or to be a part of something. And so cult leaders have mastered uh, this need for blessing by offering unconditional acceptance. That's what they do. I'll, hey, you know, your parents don't accept you. We will. Now, you know, there's going to be a cost, of course, but they don't really talk about that. Maybe they do, but they do say you're part of our gang. In fact, you're part of our family. You're part of our our cult. They don't say cult, but that's really what it can be as well. You're part of this group here, and we watch out for one another. No matter what, we're going to make sure that you are protected, that you've got an identity, that we're going to take care of you, you take care of me. And so that's where they operate with children that lack blessings in their life. Not just children, but of course, they were children, but then they grew up to be adults, and they're looking, and they're very susceptible to this exploitation, exploitation. It's those that are looking for those uh, uh, used to be children, now they're adults now, to be exploited and to, to accept their, their way of thinking. So the Old Testament is very clear on how this blessing was administered. I mean, from the beginning, you could see it in the Word of God many times over, the blessing of a parent 
was extremely important. See, what happens when it comes to this blessing is that we are providing protection for our children. Amen? If we don't protect them, who's going to protect them? The world's not going to protect them. They're, they go to school, you know, five days a week, but that teacher has 30 kids or 25 kids in their, their class. They can't protect them. So the duty of the parent is to protect our children. And one of the best ways you can do that is to communicate with them and speak those words into their life to where they feel comfortable to speak words back. Right. Amen? And open up with us to where they can communicate uh, what's going on in their, their lives. And so the father, uh, that patriarch of the family, of the, in the Old Testament, would approach uh, the end of the life, and so the oldest son would gather by his father, and this is the, 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 the real blessing at the end of, of their life. The father would lay hands on the son, speak loving, kind words, faith-filled words over his son concerning his future. That's, that's powerful. Amen. Because, number one, that he even cared to take the time to speak words of blessings in his child's life. They're only the greatest gift that we've ever been given. Amen? They really are. And we have great parents here, so I'm preaching to the choir right now. I'm just saying with you, they're the greatest gift that we've ever been given. So we've got that responsibility collectively uh, to speak these words into their life. And so these uh, pronouncements were comprised as being blessings uh, in their life. So the family realized that these words were more important than dad's dying wishes, uh, they, the, the land that he had or the riches he had, uh, it, it really didn't have anything to do with that. In fact, whenever it uh, came to Esau and Jacob, they weren't worried about land. They weren't worried about money. They were worried about blessing. That was important to them. One of the best things I've done, I don't have any, oh, Miranda is in here. One, one of the best things that I do as a dad is that every year I write my kids a letter and my wife a letter and I open up to them about what I see in them. And, you know, I look at their whatever traits they have that I'm proud of. Uh, and, I mean, it's an emotional letter. I, you know, I don't know if they ever cry, but I do. While I'm writing it, I'm writing from my heart. And I pray about it, and I ask God, just give me the words to speak. But every one of them, individually, I'll write a letter to, letting them know that I believe in them. And so I found, I've been doing it for years. It's like every year I, I've been doing this, probably for the last, I guess, 10 years I've been doing it. But they need to hear the words. I can think it all day long. I think it all the time. I, I'll tell them, I love you, proud of you, and all that. But when you start getting specific, and you start naming things, and you start identifying things, and I can guarantee you that they see the sincerity because they know it's true. Because I'm not flattering them. I'm not telling them something that's not true. I'm telling them something that they've done who they are. And so it's very powerful uh, whenever we begin to speak blessings. Now, Esau and Jacob, they were fighting over this blessing. They, they knew how important it was. And so let's go to Genesis chapter 27, verse number one. A little lengthy, but I, I'm just going to read the story instead of uh, telling the story because there's some significant things that are, are going on in this passage of Scripture. It says, And it came to pass that when Isaac was old and his eyes were dim so that he could not see, he called Esau his eldest son and said unto him, My son, and he said unto him, Behold, there I am I. And he said, Behold, now I am old. I know not the day of my death. Now therefore take, I pray thee, thy weapons, thy quiver and thy bow, and go out to the field and take me some venison and make me a savory meat such as I love and bring it to me that I may eat that my soul may bless thee before I die. 
And Rebekah heard when Isaac spake to Esau his son. And Esau went to the field to hunt for venison and bring it. And Rebekah spake unto Jacob, which was her favorite son, saying, Behold, I heard thy father speak unto Esau, thy brother, saying, Bring me venison and make me savory meat, that I may eat it and bless thee before the Lord before my death. Now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to that which I command thee. Now go to the flock and fetch me from thence two kids, uh, two good kids of the goats, and I will make them savory meat for thy father, such as he loveth. And thou shalt bring it to thy father, that he may eat, and that he may bless thee before his death. Now, whether we realize it or not, our words have meaning. You might think they don't. You might be thinking, well, yeah, I didn't really mean it. Amen? And that, that's true. Many times that's exactly true. Sometimes we say things and we really don't mean them, do we? We just say them. Amen? And we know we don't really truly mean them, but we say them anyway. Well, guess what? When it comes to children, that can be very damaging. We have to be careful the words that we speak because they take it right to heart. They can't tell whether we're frustrated. As they get older, they probably can tell a little bit better. But when they're younger and we're instilling some things into them and speaking out of frustration, we, we have to be careful that those, those words have power. And so that same power of Isaac's words has power in our children as well. We have the power to bless or curse our children with the words we use. Same with husbands and wives. It's things that we speak to our wives and to our husbands. Uh, we have to be careful with the words that are spoken. Amen? Amen? All right. We need to speak loving words of acceptance and approval, words of encouragement, inspired that motivate uh, our spouse or our children reaching new heights. Now, let me say this real quickly. I'm not saying that we don't kid around and joke. Please don't take that away from me. Amen? Teasing when you have girls is part of the course, Brother Joe. That's just the way it is, Brother Kenny. Sometimes you just tease them and joke with them, but don't go too far. You need to know your, your child. When they're laughing, when they get that fake frustration, they love it. But when they're really upset, when you say something that is not, that's, you know, it might be a joke, but it's, it's, it's hurtful, that's when we need to know where to draw that line. Amen? And I think we know where the line is and when we can say certain things and when we can't. Timing is everything. Amen? All right. But there are times, you know, I'm talking about maybe the joking a little bit, but there are times that we need to, we do need to get serious with them and look them eyeball to eyeball and just have a conversation with them just to where they can share what's on their mind or what's on their heart. And, uh, you know, and they, and they may not want to or they may act like they don't and they may not really not want to but if you stick around long enough and you just try to talk it a little bit not frustrating but really try to get them to open up they'll begin to open up and again timing is everything but you want them to talk to where you can have that opportunity to give them the words that they need to hear uh, from their parent now it's okay to declare god's favor in their lives amen it's okay to lift their self-esteem the world is doing everything they can to push their self-esteem down, so why can't we lift their self-esteem up? Amen? But it's got to, again, be on that which is true. 
Uh, I'm not talking about that flattery, but, but the words that are, that are truthful. Negative words only opens doors for the enemy to come in and move in and destroy an innocent life and bring in them uh, 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 an attitude of being inferior or just insecure. We need to make our children feel secure. Amen? And it's going to come from a parent that feels secure. Amen? And sometimes we're not real secure, but we need to act like it anyway. Right? We need to, we need to let them know they are secure. If it's, not a, if it's not a crisis with mom and dad, it's not going to be a crisis with the kid. If you're going through the time of your life and you are shaking your boots, and, but the child sees that mom and dad's holding it together, then they're going to be okay. You don't want to fall to pieces in front of your child. Amen? We need to hold it together. They need to feel that security that everything's going to be okay. All right. Beyond that, children get their concepts of who God is through their fathers. If their fathers were mean, if they were critical, if they were not there, if they were harsh, inevitably the children will grow up. That's going to be their, their initial viewpoint of God, their father. It's going to be a skewed uh, relation, it's going to be a skewed perception of who God is. Now, after they come to the Lord and they develop that relationship with God, all of that is healed, and it can be healed. But sometimes there's going to be a little uh, 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 difficulty navigating through that process of being able to look at your heavenly Father as a loving Father. If that was not the case in, in this natural world, in your world, then it's going to be tough for them to be able to identify the lovingness and the, the, the mercy and the, the God that is always there if they did not have that in their own life. But yet once they have that in a, in a father, it's a lot easier for them to develop that relationship with God. If you want them to be faithful, you need to be faithful yourself. If you want your children to live for God, then this goes for moms and dads, and you need to live the life before them. How you live, the words that you speak will determine whether or not they buy into this thing or not. Amen? We are their greatest soul winner, moms and dads. We have a big responsibility on how that we speak to our children and what we talk about. Now, if you didn't receive blessings from your parents and you received the negative words, and I'm going to just talk to you for just a moment, not your responsibility as being a parent, because that doesn't change. But if you did not have that opportunity, and maybe you still struggle to this day, that might be a struggle that you know that uh, you didn't have that opportunity. You didn't have a mom and dad that uh, blessed you on your wedding day. You didn't have that opportunity to have a, a loving father that was always there. You know, so those, and, I'm, and I, my heart goes out to you, but... There is an answer here, and the Word of God says in Deuteronomy chapter 23 and verse number 5, it says, But the Lord thy God turned the curse into a blessing unto thee, because the Lord thy God loved thee. The very negative, the, what was difficult in your life, what you didn't have uh, maybe as a child, I'm here to tell you God can turn that around, and He can make it even better. If you believe that, would you clap your hands to the Lord? Amen. God can turn it all around. Praise God. Now, as Jacob stood before Isaac, and he was acting like Esau, and we know how he did that. He had the, the fur on his arms and because uh, Esau was a, a hairy man. Isaac spoke the blessing to Jacob and began to speak in him. And not long afterwards, we know that Esau came in. He said, come on, Dad, let's, let's have some dinner. Let's get this thing going here. And immediately, the Bible says that Isaac 
uh, just he basically in the word of God he he just wailed out. He was just uh, so upset, realizing that he had been duped by Jacob. He understood the power of those words that were spoken. If anybody knew the power of those words and the finality of those words, it was Isaac. He was a man of faith. This has been going on. He got it from Abraham, his daddy. So he knew the power of those words, and he's shaking violently, thinking, oh, what have I done? What have I done? Well, immediately Esau, he says, can't you still give me the blessing that belongs to the firstborn? Now, he was going to get the inheritance, the land and the, the money and all that kind of stuff, the, 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 you know, all the, the, the natural goods, if you will, the earthly uh, possessions. But that isn't what they, that's not what they wanted. That wasn't what Esau wanted more than anything else. He wanted the blessing. He, wanted, he knew how powerful this blessing was. So after he had spoken those words uh, over uh, Esau, he knew that those words were so powerful they couldn't be reversed. That's how powerful they are. So that tells me. I'm not saying that we haven't, you know, made mistakes and it's not like, you know, for the rest of their lives they're going to be cursed. But it does tell me that words do have special significance. It means that whenever we do speak words, we can't act like, you know, it's, it's you know, eh, no big deal. They'll get over it. Uh, we, we need to identify that word that was spoken inappropriately or those words that were spoken inappropriately we need to make it right, parents. We expect our kids to be honest and to fess up when they've done something wrong. Well, we do too. Amen? And you know what is a really good lesson? And this is not the easiest thing in the world to do. Is in the heat of the moment when you're already making a mistake and you're already, you know, kind of aggravated because you already know you're wrong. Amen? I'm going to tell a quick story. I, I'm not going to go into details, but we went on a a vacation uh, a few years ago, and we drove for days. We were in the car for hours and hours. We were traveling for days. We were all the way out east to Michigan, back to Illinois. We were just traveling the whole time. And, uh, and so when we got back, we not one time was there a crossword spoken, was there anything negative that was said. But pulling into the driveway, something was said. And you can guess who said it. And immediately, I knew that I was wrong. Immediately. And so I was already mad at myself more than I was mad at anybody else. But I wanted my girls to know. And have I done this every time? Absolutely, I have not done that. But it was a, a moment that I, that I knew that I had to take, and I had to teach my kids the lesson that when you do something wrong, you need to make it right immediately. And so I did apologize to their mother, and I let them know that. I let them know that I apologized, and I was wrong. It's not always an easy thing to do, but I'll tell you what, it's the right thing to do. Amen? All right, so the next time we're tempted to spew that negative, that negative remark, remember the damage uh, that it can do and have on somebody's life. We need to understand that, that damage. Probably the worst thing that, that causes someone to backslide is negative words things that are spoken, things that are said. So be careful what you say and who you say it to. New convert back, can backslide over it. Anybody could backslide over it. Uh, but for like a, even a new convert, I'm expecting many new converts in the next uh, few months to come in. They don't need to hear negative words. They just don't. They can get that somewhere else. They need to hear positive words. So if you want to lose your zeal for the Lord, listen to a bunch of negative words. 
listen to gossip. Get you a friend that likes to talk about people. And I'll see somebody's spiritual life do this. I'll see their spirit just kind of go into a, you know, a, uh, just into a negative mode. It happens every time. I've been in church all my life, and I know whenever that, those negative words begin to be embraced in somebody's life, it can destroy people's lives. It can destroy families. So uh, I taught in the mentoring class just a little bit ago, choose your friends well. <laughs> be careful. You know, if, you know, it may be enjoyable to hear some things for the moment, but boy, it does a lot of damage later on to you, to your spirit. So, so make sure those words that are spoken, that they, uh, whether we speak them or we hear them, are positive words. Amen? Amen. Amen. As we stand together, I, one of my favorite scriptures is this. And I've read this before. Proverbs chapter 25 and verse number 11. It says, A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in pictures of silver. Isn't that wonderful? That is like, that, that says it all. A fitly spoken word is a beautiful thing. And so we ought to go around speaking positive things into people's lives. Amen? Not only does, does it make them feel good, it'll make you feel good. It really does. When you're, when you're the encourager, when you're the one speaking positive words, oh, we can all think of something negative to say, right? There's always something negative to say. But to speak the positive words... And to give blessings is a very encouraging thing, not only to them, but to us. So, this is the homework assignment that you cannot leave here today until you do this. Lock the door, Brother Ben. <laughs> As we do dismiss and greet one another, give a, give a positive word. I mean, it could just be, hey, love you and appreciate you. Or just get specific with them and say, you know what, this is why I appreciate you. And I don't want to get all sappy here, but sometimes we need to learn how to speak those words in people's lives. You don't know your brother and sister that's here tonight. They may have had the worst time of their life today. But to hear a word, they might have a smile on their face, but inside they're like, oh, that was a horrible day. Can't wait to get home. But if you could give them a word, amen, a positive word. I don't know who you are, but I believe that God has a positive word for you.